You're listening to the Save the Marriage Podcast. Your marriage can be saved and strengthened if you have the right information. Join Dr. Lee Bauckham as he explores ways for you to improve your relationship and your life, starting right now. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Save the Marriage Podcast, and you may be hearing some background noises, a little, little nature out there, maybe a car every now and then. I'm actually out on my back porch this morning. It's uh, suddenly a cooler day, and for once, we don't have cicadas that are making a racket on the back uh, porch, and so I'm able, for, uh, for the first time in several weeks, to be out back. Uh, for a while, we were coming out. And our watch, uh, my Apple watch, was telling me that, the, and it was the same for my daughter, that the volume was too loud to be safe for our ears that was caused by the cicada. Now we have a beautiful tree that's right beside the deck, and the beautiful tree meant that we had a full collection of cicadas that were uh, making their noise in the world as they were trying to complete their life cycle. Normally, I'm not recording this on my back porch anyway. Normally I'm in my studio, but right now... I'm spending lots of time in my studio uh, because I'm uh, creating some new videos for my husband boot camp that we're starting a new session coming up. Uh, My husband boot camp is designed to help people be the best husband they can be. And it's a great process. It's It's a wonderful program, but it does require me to spend a lot of time in the studio getting those videos ready and getting the information ready. Um, and by the way, if you're at all interested in learning about that, we actually have a special offer for those who are interested in the next session. You can head over to thehusbandbootcamp.com. That's thehusbandbootcamp.com. Don't have a lot of information up there. Just to let us know if you're interested. Um, we are going to have a way for people to uh, sign up for that program or gift it to somebody Uh, so you know maybe you know somebody who wants to be that great husband you can gift the program to them gift their enrollment to them so anyway just a quick note of why I'm at on the back porch but what I wanted to do today is actually talk about a couple of emails that I've gotten from listeners Um, these are, are two emails that may sound like they're not connected and I want to connect the dots a little bit here Um, So the first one uh, comes from Lauren, uh, and there's a lot of kind of sarcasm in in this, uh, and uh, rightly so, right? I mean, this is a frustrating experience for many people as they're trying to save their marriage, and it can be very hurtful and harmful. So let's just jump in. It says, I've read all the, quote, you can't control your spouse. Your attitude will change your marriage. Your emotions will not, are not the truth. It's your perspective, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) So I'm sure that I've said that many, many times, all of those things. You can't control your spouse, right? That's absolutely true. What do you have control over? (laughs) Yourself, right? That's your, your option there. And there was my dog in the background. If you heard that, that was a little Clementine. You also have control over uh, your attitude, right? And the fact is, when you change things on your side, it does change things on the other side. Um, And you have to be careful about trusting your emotions. Okay, so blah, 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 right? You say, I get it. It's true. This is Lauren talking now. It's damaging to lash out in emotions. But, and I always, and this is Lee now, I always pause whenever somebody says, but what they're about to do is negate what they just said on the front side, right? That's a part of what happens when somebody, like, you know, when your spouse says, I understand what you're saying, but 
then they demonstrate that they don't understand at all what you're saying, right? So, but always negates. So let's go on with Lauren's email. It says, but when my spouse is so selfish and shuts me out with many of the requests I make, it's pretty hard not to have emotions that are negative. Why do I have to reward him always, but feel shamed for being upset when he is selfish? How am I supposed to let go of past resentments if he continues to do things his way? How do I not lose trust in him when he literally is just the selfish, quote, president, right? Okay, so president of the selfish people of the world, which, by the way, (laughs) as it turns out, that's what we all are part of. It's just our own selfishness, right? Our own place of being self-centered. <laughs> Some people ask me, you know, how am I supposed to not start with my own view? My, my spouse says, I'm only seeing it from my perspective. Well, that is true. We only see things from our perspective. And so if you label that selfish, that's true. It's more self, self-conscious, self right? And, and self-perspective that we're talking about. But I just want to kind of back up for a minute And talk about this. And you say it's pretty hard not to have emotions that are negative. Well, I mean, endemic to the process of a hurting relationship, there are going to be negative emotions. There's just no way around that. So we have to be aware of those negative emotions. And what we have to do is make sure that those negative emotions don't get in our way. It's not whether we have them or not. I just want to be clear that emotions are emotions. You know, I don't get to choose all of my emotions. You don't get to choose all of your emotions. Sometimes they're going to flare up automatically. I mean, that's how we're designed as humans. The question is, can we minimize the damage that's created by our emotions? We can choose whether we're going to express our emotions or not. We can choose whether, you know, we're going to uh, allow, you know, kind of wear our emotions on our sleeves or whether we're going to lead with our decisions, our choices. And so this is really kind of the important thing to, uh, or perspective, the the place to start with is to understand that emotions are, are just emotions. I mean, they, and I don't mean that minimally, like there's no big deal about emotions, but emotions are feelings that change and they can change very rapidly and part of what helps us keep our emotions in check is when we have perspective when we find a place of understanding and uh, so part of our perspective is recognizing that we're not the only ones with a viewpoint right that we there is a perspective there's a viewpoint of your spouse there is an emotional state within your spouse One of the things I've been working on is recognizing that I really don't have to take anything personally. Now, let me just say I'm working on that. That's a goal of mine to have a place where, you know, I don't take anything that anyone else does personally because it comes from their perspective. It may surprise you, (laughs) may not surprise you. You may, somebody may, who's listening may have actually done it, but I do get some hate email (laughs) Right, I get some haters, and uh, many times I've talked with people who are uh, kind of in that uh, same boat with me. You know, people, authors, and podcasters, and they're like, you know, what do you do when you get bad reviews? And my response is, you know, you follow that uh, very philosophical singer Taylor Swift, right? And you shake it off. That's your know, haters going to hate, and you have to shake it off. You you have to be able to do that. And so I do that when, when somebody has a response to me. I recognize that their reaction to me is coming from their place, right? It's coming from their perspective, and I don't have to take it personally because it is their perspective. At the same time, I do need to take it on. 
and ask the question, is there some feedback here that's worthwhile? Is there something I can learn from this reaction I'm getting? And so um, that one of the pieces I, I would encourage you, Lauren, is to look at this and say, okay, how can I choose not to take it personally the way my spouse is reacting, right? But I want to delve into another piece that you say, why do I have to reward him always, but feel shamed for being upset when he is selfish? I'm hoping that when you say feel shamed, you're not referencing something I said, because I don't want you to feel shame when you're upset, when he is reacting, right? And not wanting to connect. And, and I want to just kind of delve in here. It's it, there's this interesting thing about when somebody is, is re referencing somebody as being selfish, it's often because they're not getting what they want, right? And so many times I have couples who are coming to me and they both are saying, you're being so selfish here. And they're on both sides of this discussion, right? One saying, you're being so selfish of wanting to hold on to this marriage. And the other saying, you're being so selfish of wanting to leave this marriage, and so there is a place where we have to kind of step back and say, is selfish even the right term? I think the better place to say is he is disconnected enough that he sees no way forward in the relationship at this point. This is kind of the point of uh, my book about Beyond the Three Barriers. You know, when I wrote Beyond the Three Barriers, I was looking at the, the three things that keep a spouse from being able to see a way forward. It's when they're hurting, they're helpless, and they're hopeless. Those three barriers get in the way of them seeing a way forward. And so in, instead of it being about them being selfish, I think it's more accurate to say, okay, he's still hopeless, still hurting. Whether you agree <laughs> with whether he should be hurting or not is irrelevant, but hurting and helpless. He doesn't see a way to, to find any assistance and, and we're gonna this is where the second email will come in in just a minute but you know that's the place of when you're when you're feeling helpless like I don't know how I can fix this right all of this fits together um, and and so part of what often happens is that one person is willing to hold the hope one person is willing to find a way to be healing one person is finding a way to, to see what could be done, what could happen, right? So this can kind of change the perspective, Lauren. And one of the things I just would encourage you to do, um, please feel no shame about how you're feeling, but encourage you to do is step back and wonder if always going, oh, he's just being selfish. Whether that's actually helpful for your process, or whether what that really reflects is your continuing hurt and therefore anger about the process, right? So I noted earlier on that there's some sarcasm built into your, your letter, right? And what we know about sarcasm is that it's kind of a, a humorous way of expressing anger. Oh, and by the way, if you're wondering if that little buzz in the background, <laughs> it's not a technical problem. Some cicadas have decided to announce their presence this morning. But back to this. You know, so one of the ways we can kind of think through this is, is there a way of understanding your place, what you're feeling, the hurt you're feeling, and also the hurt he's feeling, and recognizing you're both experiencing that. Let's drop the selfish labeling. I don't think that that's particularly helpful. 
um, I don't want you to feel shame uh, for being upset when he is selfish, but I would rather you say, I'm feeling hurt. You know, I have an internal sense of hurt because I want this to work out, but then choose to take it less personally. That what's really happening is his own internal process where he can't see a way forward, right? That lost hope, where he can't see a way forward because of that feeling of helplessness and, and feeling of still being hurt or hurting. And now I want you to note that you both are on the same page, right? You're feeling somewhat helpless because you can't find the right uh, keys to this process. You're feeling hurt based on what he's doing. And yet there's one place that you're one step ahead that you can choose whether you're going to allow that to dominate the process or not. You can choose whether that's going to be the foundation. That's, that's the kind of the cool thing about we humans. Yes, emotions pop up. But we have a choice on how we're going to respond to that. What action we're going to take. That's a uniquely human place where we can you know, kind of choose and plot our course going forward. Which is the whole process of building hope, right? Building hope is stepping back and asking that question about control. What can I control? My aspirations, my attitude, my actions. I've talked about that on some other podcasts, but that's, that's the elements of hope too. That, that was what came out of the hope equation. Remember, the hope equation is basically when you know where you want to go, that's your aspiration. When you know how to get there, Right. That's your your actions that are in place. And then the agency or the willingness to do it, which is your attitude. Right. So you put all those three together. Those are places you get to choose whether you move forward with that and not get caught in that trap. So what is the reward? In some ways, the reward for your spouse continuing to, to act in that way is they get you to back off, you know, that kind of that pissed off place pulls you back. And so instead of seeing it as why do I reward him? I I think what I would see is how do I continue to choose actions to get the place where I think we need to be, where I want to be, which is where I kind of bring in Christine's note. Christine uh, says, I've been reading your system, listening to the podcast when I'm at a loss and doing my best to implement each step into my life to better myself and hopefully reconnect with my husband. So Christine, my guess is you and Lauren have been trying to kind of do your best. Now here's where the departure happens. I'm at a place, you say, where my husband has now asked me to share with him what I've been listening to. I immediately wanted to send him the whole system and every single podcast that shed light on issues for me. I listen, though, uh, that too much at once is overkill. So my question is, when is the right time to check in with my husband and see if he wants to join me in the Save the Marriage system? So, Christine, you're actually two steps ahead of where Lauren is. The first step, Lauren, is to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to continue to move forward. It's not about this who gets an unfair advantage, right? Why do I have to reward him? And I'm not clear about what the reward is. And feel shame. I hope you now don't feel shame about it. You just recognize that that's a feeling that you're experiencing and and you choose your direction on it. And now, all of a sudden, Christine, the next step forward is your husband says, okay, what have you been listening to, right? So one of the things that often happens uh, by accident is that we overwhelm somebody with information. Um, And it actually happens 
at anywhere in the process. You know, I've had people who said, you know, I tried to share my information with my, my spouse said, I don't want to be married with you. I want a divorce. And so I just gave them all your information and it didn't help. Well, I mean, doesn't that kind of make sense, right? If somebody says, you know what? I don't see any way forward in the marriage. There's nothing that can be done. I don't think we need to work on this. And you say, here, here's how we work on this, right? They're going to be resistant to it because you're two steps ahead of them in that process where you've already said, wait, maybe there is something that could be done, right? So now what happens when they begin to respond to the connection, which while that hasn't happened for you, Lauren, that may be in the offing, right? It may be a couple of steps forward and you're hearing the same thing. And that's the tie-in. This, there's kind of this evolution where for Christine, your, your spouse has gone, wait, you know what? I want to work on this, but, and this is the, the thing, I don't know how. So where do we start the process? Well, I want to take you to my jujitsu class. <laughs> so I'm going to bring in that analogy. And the reason I do is because one of the reasons I wanted to start jujitsu several years ago was because I wanted to be back in a place where I, I was completely out of my element. Well, not completely, but almost entirely out of my element. Where While I had been in martial arts, I'd never been in jujitsu. And so I was that beginner automatically, right? All the way down to beginner. I had no true working knowledge of that. Of course, I've seen some videos on it on, on YouTube and I've watched it in action in, in some different uh, professional fighting and that kind of thing. But it's kind of like in marriage, right? Lots of people are like, yeah, I mean, I, I've been through that process, but I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to move forward with that. Same kind of thing. So what do they do the first class? Well, in the first 10 minutes, the instructor works with a new student to show them one simple move that they can master immediately. And not only is it a simple move, but it's an important move. In fact, after it was over, <laughs> my response to the instructor was, well, I wish I'd known that when I was younger and had an older brother who would sit on me, right? <laughs> so it, it made some sense to me on why this would be an important thing to know how to do. And so it was immediately applicable in my own mind. I could see where it fit. And it made me, kind of gave me an immediate success. Oh, there's something we can do here. So then you go to the class and you start working through the kind of the curriculum a little at a time. You're never overwhelmed with a whole bunch of moves at once, right? So it's not like you go to class and they go, oh, okay, here's the hundred moves we expect you to know before you finish your blue belt. Or, I'm sorry, your white belt, right? Here's the 100 moves. Go ahead, look at that. Here, we're going to just throw them all at you right now. Let's see what happens. But that's what happens many times in working with a spouse who wants help with the marriage. Now, notice I do the same thing in my program, the quick start guide. What happens in the quick step start guide? When you start my system, you go to the quick start guide and you go, oh, that's where my marriage is. And I now see a step-by-step -step program, right? And instead of being overwhelmed with, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's gone wrong. I don't have any idea of the approach. I try to break it down. Here's where you are. And here are some immediate steps you need to take, right? And then we move forward into an overall approach. That's the core module, Save the Marriage. It's kind of the overall approach that will help you understand what happened and begin to take the steps to recover, 
Then I have other modules that will help you on specific issues. So a lot of times people are like, oh, I've got to take all these in, in in the next two hours. No, you start with the get started. That's why it's the get started module, right? Um, and then you start moving forward with that, mastering it a piece at a time. Now, the problem is, you know, once you're into that process, so you're, you've now gone through a lot of that, and suddenly your spouse says, okay, I'm ready to work. And you go, okay, here's everything I know, right? Y you have to pace that a little bit. So when is it a good time to check in with your husband? Well, Christine, she, your, your, your husband has already made that opening and said, hey, what, what is it you're listening to? So I would circle back and say, hey, you know, I know that you were interested in uh, knowing what I was listening to and what I was doing. Would you be interested in going through one piece of that with me? And I would recommend the Save the Marriage module the core module so they'll understand what it is to be a we what it is to be on the same team to work through that and then slowly start bringing in the other pieces now here is the one thing you need to understand it may not be necessary to have every single piece in fact there are some pieces of my program that are specifically designed when you're working on your own once you're working together they're irrelevant, so your spouse doesn't need to go through that material. But if you've got anger and resentment floating around your relationship, that module would be absolutely critical. If the two of you have a hard time having a constructive fight, you know, a, a constructive argument um, or discussion, let's just bring it down all the way from fight to argument to discussion, then you might present the five rules for fair fighting. That would be helpful guidelines, right? And the same is true for some of the podcasts. You know, you'll hear some of my podcasts that are specifically de designed where there's only one person working on it. Those aren't going to be relevant anymore. So you want to work from the ones that kind of make a difference for a couple, right? For two people working on it. So that's how I suggest you present it. Um, if it, and this is the question I always get. When do I, my spouse hasn't brought it up, when do I present it? If your spouse hasn't said, hey, I want to work on this, you wait until they express some interest. They may say, hey, you know what? I've noticed that you're kind of acting differently. I'm not sure what that's about. What's going on? And you can say, oh, I've been listening to a podcast or, oh, I've been going through a, a book or been going through a program to learn more about how to be a better spouse and how to have a better marriage. And then you pause. And if they say, oh, okay, you do not have an opening to hand it over to them. <laughs> They're still going to be resistant. You wait and say, for them to say, well, what is it you're listening to? You know, they might inquire on what is the program you're listening to. And you can say, oh, it's the Save the Marriage System or, you know, one of my books, whatever it is that you've been kind of studying. And then you wait. And then if they go, oh, okay, you leave it. But if they say, I'd be interested in learning about that too, then you listen to the advice I was given to Christine about how you present it. I believe that you would be best served by leading with the Save the Marriage module and then branching out little by little there. The danger is, you know, when somebody's thirsty, you hand them a cup of water not aim that fire hose at them. And it's the same with this. Not even the garden hose, right? 
you want to give it to someone who there's, there's a form that they can drink it right there's a way that they can take it in and begin to um, you know quench their thirst so here's a, a glass oh if that wasn't enough here let me give you a second glass and oh if that's not enough let me give you a third glass but never do we just fire the hydrant up right and and shoot it all at them at once because that's overwhelming and uh, and actually will discourage them because they can't figure out a way of making that usable okay so uh, Lauren and Christine and by the way by proxy many other people listening I hope that answered your question about you know how do you deal with your own internal struggles with a spouse who's not yet responding and what do you do when they start to respond now if you have been listening and you're like, wait, I've got a question. What do I do about that? You can send it to me. Send it to podcast at savethemarriage.com. That's save the marriage. Uh, I'm sorry, podcast at savethemarriage.com. Now, I don't, uh, I'm not, I don't have the capacity of answering all the emails. I don't have enough podcast episodes to do that. But I do try to pick the ones that are going to apply to lots of people. And if that's you, I'd love to hear from you. Podcast at SaveTheMarriage.com. That's podcast at SaveTheMarriage.com. And by the way, if you are ready to figure out how to take action, how to move forward, grab the Save the Marriage system. You can go to SaveTheMarriage.com. That's SaveTheMarriage.com. Do remember that right now I'm offering a free week of the VIP program, so you can add that on and get some extra tools and resources. Uh, even has a way of getting your questions answered as you're jumping into that program. And you have a get started session available to you with one of my coaches. No obligation for that. Just want to make sure that you get the best start possible. Oh, and by the way, if you're interested in, in um, what's going to happen coming up with the Husband Bootcamp, head over to thehusbandbootcamp.com, thehusbandbootcamp.com. Leave us your email address, and there's a special offer for you. But that's just interest, you, no obligation, but you can do that also. I wish you the best as you continue to work to save your marriage. You've been listening to Save the Marriage Podcast. For more information and help, please visit us at savethemarriage.com. Thank you.